Takahashi, you going to call him or what? Well, just give me a second there, Ishiro-san. I'm going to get the number out here. I think this is going to be a wise move. We're just going to put this in here. I hope she's available. She's a very busy girl. Oh, it's ringing now. Just a second. Okay. I'm getting the the answering machine. I'm going to put you on speaker. Okay. Shelly. Shelly, it's it's Ishiro and Takahashi-san's calling you there. Hey, how you doing? Uh, look, we, um, we've come across an opportunity there for you. Uh, I think it's pretty big. It's a three possible four movie deal. Um, but you're, uh, you're gonna have to say goodbye to Cheers. Cause you're, you're gonna need to focus more on your, uh, your film career there. I mean, Cheers is a failing sitcom anyway. Uh, yeah, well, what's it? How long is it gonna last? And if you leave, are they gonna replace you and have wild success? I don't think so. Who did Cheers ever beat? Right. I mean, they already, you know, that that poor coach chap died there, and uh, you know, they, they they've been on their last legs for a while now. I don't listen to Ted Danson. If you want to hear about his bad decisions, just ask Whoopi. Right. So, um, what we've got here is, first movie, uh, you would be with Tom Hanks. And then there's another movie there, uh, with Bette Midler. Uh, it's like a kind of a buddy combo there. Um, what's the other one? You Come Back from the Dead? Zombies. Yeah. That's all the rage right now. That's gonna be big in, like, 13 years. Right. And then, finally, a, a real sweet... Uh, family-oriented, absolutely all audiences uh, acceptable to see movie where you play uh, a Hollywood or Beverly Hills housewife um, leading Girl Scout. I'm sorry we're eating up all your tape on your machine here, but uh, it's it's really it's a big opportunity, and we needed to get this to you now. I really hope this isn't one of those old school ones that cuts it off after like 15 seconds. Nah, it wouldn't be like that here in 1987. You're right, you're right. So, um, give us a call back. Uh, let us know. We think it'll be huge. I mean, Bette Midler, Tom Hanks, you could be in a movie with them. Oh, Takahashi, Ronald Reagan's on TV. Come on. We're gonna gonna let you go there, Shelly, but you got our number there. And uh, give us a call back and let us know what you think. Uh, we think it's a great idea and it'd be a good move for your career. Okay, okay. there we go. We got this, it. We this, got. This. I think. I think she's on board. I think she'll be on board. I mean, really? I mean, NBC. I mean, what are they? It's not like it's must see TV. Not anymore. Right. So they're. Uh, so yeah, I think we get. Um, we can get her in the the, the movie with the Bette Midler and. Tom Cruise. Now, I mean, Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, can we get Tom Cruise? Can we get Tom Cruise? He's It'd a be big great deal. If we can get her for this, uh, for this, uh, that, that Beverly Hills Girl Scout movie. Is Tom Cruise in that? We should look. We should look in to see if we can get Tom Cruise for that. I, hold on, I make a note. Okay, I'm pretty okay. sure he'd do it. I mean, he's 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 uh, willing to work. I'm guessing. Yeah, he was in one of those Top Guns there. Yeah, if we get him. And then we can, she can do that movie where she comes back from the dead. I think all these are going to be huge at the box office. And all we need to do is sit back because when these movies come out, that's when the money rolls in. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm under pressure now. The 
question always comes back to me What were they thinking now? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Da 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 da. It's Brendan, and it's Nathan, and we're talking about a film this week. A film, in that it was put to film, I guess. <laughs> in that someone used a camera, yeah, to film some footage with some actors and right. release it into some theaters. <laughs> it, as Jason would say, uh, it was shot at twenty-four frames per second. It is a film. Uh, that's my review. (laughs) (laughs) Solid work. Solid, solid work. Yep. But yes, we were talking about the 1989... Oh, by the way, this is what were they thinking. It is what were they thinking. I I feel that you may have known that when you hit play, but... Also, my cheer at the beginning. And the theme music. Yeah... Yeah. I'm a little... I'm working working on a little, uh, little lack of sleep right now, but I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah. But yes, 1989, Shelley Long, <laughs> Craig T. Nelson, Betty Thomas, <laughs> Mary Gross. Uh, actually, you know what? Something I wanted to note right away. This movie, not only Shelley Long had left Cheers, by the way, she left Cheers to do movies like this. Um, <laughs> but there are tons of TV people in this movie. Yes. So as as we said, those those people, like those actors, are just listed. Also, this movie is even written by two former uh, Saturday Night Live writers, uh, two female SNL writers. Uh-huh. It's the opening animation in this movie was done by the dude who made Ren, the Ren and Stimpy TV show. Ask John K. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And as in, there may be ketamine in your drink. Oh man. <laughs> He's a, he's not a good feller. Not, not, not a, not a squeaky clean chap. No, no. Um, and the last thing is, I actually didn't know this until I kind of like something caught my eye. But there's a song in this movie called "French Kissing in the USA." Okay. Do you know who wrote that song? Um, the same guy who wrote "Rockin' in the USA." I don't know. Uh, no, that would be Chuck Lorre. <laughs> okay. Yes, that Chuck Lorre, I double-checked, the man who came up with Darman Greg, Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, etc., etc., etc. Twitter Flame Wars with Charlie Sheen. Yes. <laughs> so, lots of TV stuff in this movie, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Nathan, would you care to venture a guess at, uh, not to steal from our home video hustle compadres. I am not you... playing the clock game. Oh, no, I'll I'm... give you a guess. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to higher. Every time higher, I listen lower, to it, it's lower, like the friggin' lower, price higher. is right. A little higher? No, a little lower. Lower, lower, higher, higher, lower, 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 <laughs> higher, higher. No, I will give you one guess. Okay. <laughs> what, what do you think the budget for this film was? Uh, in $1989? Yeah. $5 million. Would you be surprised if I told you the budget for this film is $18 million? (laughs) What? (laughs) Right? Well, I suppose they're in Beverly Hills and they had to shoot around like the Hollywood sign. And I I think a lot of those places out there are probably like, you got to pay out the nose if you want to film in this location. 
Gotta pay for that Frankie Avalon cameo, bro. Oh my god. The cameos in this movie. Uh, what do you think it made at the box office? Well, now that you've told me that, um, I don't know, two million. Oh, okay, you're lowballing it. It made eight point five million. Okay, pretty pretty big bomb though. <laughs> still terrible. Yep, yeah. still still pretty awful in comparison to the budget. Uh, for the longest time, I thought this was a direct-to-video movie. Oh, really? Yep. Well, I'd never seen ads for it when I was a kid, and I was actually pretty on top of the trailers. I was I always been a big movie buff um and then when this movie came out i had heard about it on video because all the like i said in the the mini so that all the girls in my school watched it when they had their sleepovers because they were all in like girl guides so it it appealed to them uh and but i'd never heard of it and then i saw it at a video store and all i could think of was okay well shelly long's in it and she left Cheers a while ago. <laughs> huh. I think this is direct-to-video. <laughs> I didn't I mean, know it actually went to theaters. Using the powers of de- de- deduction, that's not a bad assumption. Hmm. <laughs> like, I uh, would have thought the same if I hadn't looked it up. Because it, it does have a look of not being direct-to-video. Like, it doesn't look awful. No, but it felt like, when I watched it, it felt like... Um, the, not necessarily direct to video, but maybe uh, one of those uh, movies of the week that yeah. they used to make for like NBC and ABC and stuff like that, where they would get a bunch of people who were um, maybe on the sitcoms on that channel or just on popular sitcoms in general, and they'd make a movie where it was like an ensemble cast. Uh, a great example of that is Camp Cucamonga, if you get a chance to see that. It's a pretty snappy title. It's got, uh, let's see, it's got Urkel in it, and John Ratzenberger, another one from Cheers, and I think Candace Cameron's in it as well. Mm. It's uh, it's a fun little, it's it's very much a product of its time. Mm. Uh, it, it is, it's an ensemble cast of uh, folks who were popular on sitcoms making kind of a... You know, just a really light, trope-filled movie. Well, speaking of a product of its time, Nathan, Troop Beverly Hills. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this movie is so late 80s, early 90s, it hurts. (laughs) Complete with the animated opening credit sequence. That is straight out of, like, the 80s. Yeah. Uh, And with the Beach Boys knockoff theme. (laughs) Yeah. Just... And, of course, you know, the creator of Red and Stimpy back before everyone knew everything about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cast, we got, not only you got, like you said, Shelley Long, Craig T. Nelson, who were on two fairly large soap, uh, not soap operas, sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny Lewis is in this. Oh, uh, yeah, who, she's was super young. Yeah. From, but a year or so later, she was the one who screamed, someone touched her breast in The Wizard. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it real quiet so I don't yeah. bust. Just, just, yeah. Carla, Carla <gasps> Oh! Oh my god, how are they here? 
I heard everything. Oh, yes, yes, you're talking about Kachino. Now that, now that we know it was not really her who said such terrible things about Homeland. Let me... No, guys. Guys, You no. cannot talk about Carla Gugino like that for this movie. D- yes. D- this, this, this is not appropriate for this movie. Even though she's the oldest kid in the movie, she's still 16. Yeah, we're, we're so, not, we're not doing this. A no. And she's playing like... 13, so no. 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 Oh, but she's... No. She's, no. No, Milos. No. Okay. I get back to cleaning now. I will... Milos, don't worry. I have this picture of Carla we can look at. Oh, let's... Yes, I know where... I have keys to broom closet. Let us go there, Pushti. Uh, God. Don't ever go into that. I, I, I don't. Like, it basically just always has a lock on it. Good. Good. Okay. Um, so yeah. we should probably start talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, do we have to? Uh, so uh. this movie starts off, besides the animated opening credit sequence, we have a, a board meeting of the Wilderness Girls scout leaders, I guess. Yeah, and the funny thing is they're leading the meeting with their pledge. Yeah. And basically is to say how that we we need to be really good people and and friends to everyone, but especially our fellow uh, wilderness girls sisters. And the lady leading the meeting just throws it all right out the window as soon as they're done the pledge. Yes, that would be Velda, played by Betty Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is definitely the villain in this movie. <laughs> now, does she have a legit tattoo on her bicep, or was that something that they did and just never explored in the movie? I feel like that's a character choice. Okay. Because there are some, some... Well, I mean, I think my main uh, thing about this movie is that I believe her to be a legitimate psychopath. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie... Um, <laughs> kind of supports my claim. Yeah, and but it's just it seems weird that they would go out of their way to have her have a tattoo that's just kind of visible sometime. Maybe she has a wild past. But you would think that they would play that up. Are you saying, Nathan, <laughs> that a movie on our podcast is bringing something to the forefront and then just not addressing it for the rest of the movie? That is that is what I'm positing. Yes, that's fair. That's okay. totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but notice right away, we are not calling them Girl Scouts. We are calling no. them Wilderness Girls because the Girl Scouts were like, nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're good. Um, yeah. But they do hot. They do look over the an application for the newest Scout uh, Wilderness Girl leader. I'm just gonna say Scout leader because you know uh, Phyllis Neffler. They're called Den Mothers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that what they're called? I think so. Okay, dead mother. They're looking for uh, the the newest dead mother, and it is uh, an application from Diane from Cheers. <laughs> and number one red flag, they decide to hire her without even meeting her. Yeah, no background check or nope. interview <laughs> nope. at all. It says, I'm good with animals, or I love animals, I'm, I'm uh, thrifty, uh, good enough, you're hired. And let's don't forget that they're also juxtaposing uh, uh, all the the her good qualities that they're talking about with um, Rodeo Drive shopping versions of it. 
Yeah, it's, I'm thrifty. How much is this dress? $100. It's missing a bead over here. I can give it to you for $5,000. i will take it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. The, it, uh, very, very problematic hiring process. <laughs> and I know it was 1989, but I still feel that there would have at least had to have been an interview done. Well, yeah, I, if I actually... If not a police criminal background check. I'm surprised there was no interview scene. Like, you'd think that would produce comedic results. Yeah. Uh, but we don't get that. Instead, we just say that she's hired. Then we get a little... Uh, we get Diane from Cheers coming home with a bunch of new outfits. And we learn that her and her husband, Coach... Um, are on the Diane brink. and Coach are married. Diane and Coach are married, and they're on the brink of divorce. Uh, but he came to get his barbells, which I laughed because, I don't know, it doesn't strike me as someone who's <laughs> like, I need my barbells. But he's the he's Coach. Yeah. Oh, he, so, he's the same character, though. Okay. Yeah. I think it's funny that Diane uh, married uh, Coach, <laughs> and uh, they gave birth to the kid, the kid jenny from the wizard <laughs> her real name is jenny isn't it i think it is yeah yeah uh so yeah they're kind of moving through the house they're arguing about you know oh you take all my money and you spend it that's what he it's kind of what he's saying we get the their their child played by jenny lewis who it does one of those movie kid things that i really hate like that precocious child character oh how they're smarter than the adults uh, yeah yeah, this, uh, let's just get this out of the way. This movie should have been called Trope Beverly Hills. <laughs> Why do you say that, Nathan? Because it is filled, chalk to the brim, with tropes. There is uh, the kid wiser than the adult trope. There is the whole, you know, uh, montage trope, usually for shopping and stuff in here. Uh, however, also later for, like, Kind of a quasi-training montage. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, of course, there's the Hispanic maid. The, the big game. Uh, the big game, yep. Uh, wasn't There was another one. Oh, uh, the, the whole... I don't know. The only thing different about this trope is that normally it's, it's poor folk one-upping or getting the better of rich folks it's kind of the opposite here it's the opposite in this one yeah which is a little strange yeah i actually have a note later on that is this is a republican humor isn't it (laughs) i think i made the same note during postal two in a row still feel it fits here too yeah yeah i feel like that's you're not far off (laughs) no but, uh, so they have their argument, you know, the maid is, uh, we got a, st- a stereotypical, tore up. Yeah, yeah. stereotypical Spanish maid, uh, she, or Mexican maid, I guess. Who, and, uh, is? I don't know. Oh, she, Rosario from Will and Grace. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rosario Dawson. I was like, no, no. she's not. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been great, but no, she, she's not a time lord, so it's not Rosario Dawson. <laughs> She's not the dog in the lake house. She can't right. go back. <laughs> um, I did not know that. So another TV person. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, this is before she had her big TV moment. But... Right. Just a lot of TV connections in this movie. Yes. And I also feel that, you know, a little bit of therapy 
and trying would save this marriage because it doesn't seem that there's a whole lot of uh, bad stuff going on. He's never cheated on her. She's never cheated on him. Um, they're not abusive towards each other. A lot of the like it's, it feels the the <laughs> the writing is is soft, so you can come to an easy conclusion at the end, which leads to another trope, right? The whole parents getting back together. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you didn't see that coming in Troop Beverly Hills starring Shelley Long, I feel bad for you. That's the full title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we learn, uh, she tells her husband, you know, I'm going to be a troop leader. He laughs at her. And uh, it's time to meet the kids. By the way, again, hired with no interview, no background check, and letting mm-hmm. all these kids go to her house. Right. By themselves. Yep. We meet, uh, uh, let's just call her CG. Chica. Yeah, let's not say the actor's name. We don't her want to alert Chica. anyone. That's the character's name. Chica. Chica. Played by Chica. someone who was also in Sucker Punch and uh, <laughs> Snake, Snake Eyes. Eyes. But she's kind of estranged from her parents, uh, to say the least. We have Emily, the daughter of an unemployed actor. Uh, Lily, who's basically... This is the craziest one for me. The Basically the daughter of Ferdinand Marcos. Yes. The, and Ferdinand and Imelda Marcos, who, by the way, uh, Ferdinand Marcos died later that year, so I can't imagine this aged very well if you watched it, like, a little bit later. Well, they still got that sweet Imelda Marcos joke in there. Oh, about the shoes? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, we got, and we got Tessa, the daughter of a film director who is basically Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, and then Jasmine, the daughter of a famous boxer. Mm-hmm. And finally we have Claire, uh, a child actress and the daughter of a romance novelist. Uma, uh, that scene where you meet her and she talks about someone's manhood. Yikes. Uh, Claire, fun, fun fact. Fun uh, fact. Uh, played by the girl who was Margot on Punky Brewster. Okay, there you go. Another, another connection. Yep. Was this all? Are you sure this wasn't a TV movie? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think we might be onto something. Uh, these these theater records are falsified. I want to see receipts. I want to <laughs> see exhibitor statements. Could it be a situation like with Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, where it was made for TV, but they snuck into theaters like in italy or something i don't know like i think it has the look of a movie like it doesn't look like the aesthetic doesn't look like a tv movie Hmm. but just like everything about it screams tv movie maybe it was like meant to be and at the last second they're like no no we're gonna make it a movie (laughs) like it was written as a tv movie you know what i mean yeah because the script the script feels very tv movie oh very much so in that it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so once you meet all these kids, I mean, she, Shelly Long, or what do we call her, Diane, Diane has yeah. this great spread with, uh, you know, escargot and all this stuff laid out for them. Uh, they gotta go get their uniforms. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, another stereotype of the 80s is the, the gay costume designer. Yes. Who's like, honey, what is that? You should burn it. <laughs> Uh, so she accessorizes her uniform and, you know, goes to the first meeting with all the other scout leaders. But the funny thing, before we get to that, 
Um, all the kids, when we meet them, they all come across as very entitled. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you can identify with them. Well, it just, for me, when I was watching it, it made me think, you see, this has been a thing forever. So you piss off with your entitled millennial talk because, (laughs) as you can see, our generation was viewed as entitled brats as well what are you talking about nathan every single problem in the world is totally due to millennials being lazy and nothing else right there's no other factors uh so yeah she goes to this meeting where they learn about you know velda's yelling about achievement patches instead of yeah she goes full on like sergeant hartman with her purple heart and medals and everything yeah she is a psychopath i'm telling you uh, she's talking about selling cookies, having a jamboree, you know, Shelly Long's like, couldn't we just have a telethon? It's a, it's a real, it's a real rich, uh, <laughs> Johnny or Merv can host. Right. It, it's a real, uh, slobs and snobs situation. Yeah. <laughs> but the snobs are the good guys. Yeah. Still weird to me. Yeah. Um, again, Republican humor. Yep. So, I mean, from this point, uh, Phyllis... I keep interchangeably using her name. Um, Diane from Cheers. Okay. Thinks that uh, her husband is seeing another woman while he's in the guest house. He kind of does start doing that. He does, yep. And uh, she falls out of a tree while spying on him. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. Physical comedy is Shelley Long's forte. Almost drops her cigarette holder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have mentioned that. She is chain smoking this whole movie. But... With a cigarette holder, so it's classy. Oh, okay, you're right. (laughs) Kids, if you're going to smoke, just use a cigarette holder. It's classy. It's classier. (laughs) If I did smoke, I probably would use a cigarette holder. It'd be badass. (laughs) I don't don't feel that that's what makes someone badass. (laughs) I don't know. If you maybe design it with, like, leather studs and shit. (laughs) Riding a motorcycle? Uh, you're gonna give all the vapors out there ideas. <laughs> I wouldn't fuck with that. Just saying. <laughs> you see his fucking motorcycle? Never mind that. He doesn't put a cigarette in his hand when he smokes it. Oh shit! Did you um? Did you catch the uh, the other 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 TV cameo when they were shopping? Might have missed this one. Which one was this? We had Harriet Winslow from Family Matters. Oh, um, while they're doing their, while they're getting their uniforms? Yep. Who does she play? She's the lady working at, like, the Girl Guide Scout Shop. Yeah, and she's like, what size are you? And (laughs) Shelly Long's like, a French 36. (laughs) So you better go to France with that shit, because... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, she, anyway, so she falls out of a tree, spying on her husband with a young woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, it's time for her to take the girls on a, on a camping trip. And, and they go, you know, they go on their camping trip and they've got so much luggage or Mm -hmm. baggage, if you will. Because they're rich. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And they're, uh, they got their tent set up. Unfortunately, it begins to rain. So they go to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, we get an awesome pratfall where the rich lady and her, uh fur coat falls in the mud puddle so funny 
So funny. By the way, I just want to interject right now. This was much better than Postal. So 100%. 100%. I would watch this four more times at least. Yeah, this is not this is not good, but it's better than Postal. Yes. Uh so yeah, so they go to the hotel and they sing Kumbaya Kumbaya before they do. Ooh, and they tell scary stories. I do want to play oh this I do want to play this clip of uh of uh, Shelley Long telling her scary story. Yep. Here we go. It was a cold and rainy day in March. I went to Christophe's where I usually get my hair done, but Christophe had mysteriously disappeared. And in his place was a stranger named Ronaldo. I'll never forget him. His eyes were steely gray, very cold, and his hands were like ice. <sighs> he said, I'll streak your hair and I'll give you a body weight. He worked very fast. And then, as he turned my chair around to face the mirror, I saw it. He permed me! Straight out of the No Sleep Podcast. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it's a very obvious little joke, but I, I, I will say I think her like her the way she kind of delivers that is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Shelley Long is not the issue with this movie. Like she's she's uh, charming and everything, but you know, it's just well, very cliche. Yeah, and like I said, the it's the it's not that the jokes aren't funny. It's just they're kind of tired. Yeah. There's only a couple of times where I was like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, not a lot really, like, stands out as something I've never seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the next day, <clears throat> kind of weird, because uh, v- Velda shows up with, with her with her uh, assistant, I guess, Annie, played mm-hmm. by Mary Gross from yep. SNL. Uh, they arrive to find the girls there playing poker with, like, a 25-year-old man. Yeah. Yeah, with, as as one does with marshmallows and hot dogs, <laughs> which when they called them wieners, I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> she just like they're playing poker with like marshmallows and hot dogs, and one of the girls just like the way she like holds it in front of her, like, I raise you one wiener, and she's right in his face with it. Yep, yep. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not not today. <laughs> But Velda, obviously, her redeeming moment in this movie is seeing that this is a very inappropriate situation and gets rid of that guy. <laughs> he, he shows, like, your mother or something like that. As they're booting her. Oh, he, no, he swears at them in Spanish. He says pero, which pero I think is, cost... like, shithead or something. No, dog. Oh, dog. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> I should have known that from Alberto Del Rio Wrestling reference. In, in that, um... That promo he went to cut on Dean Ambrose, and he was about to call him Pero, and Ambrose cut him off, and was like, yeah, Pero, dog, that's all you ever call people. Don't you have any other insults? (laughs) 
Let me guess. It's your destiny. Uh, so, after this, yeah, Velda is basically like, oh, how dare you, like, don't bother showing up at the troop meeting, you guys are a joke, uh, you're at a hotel, this is ridiculous, and then basically she's convinced, okay, I got rid of her, like, you know, Diane from Cheers isn't gonna stick around. But she does. Diane from Cheers is ready, and she has a whole, uh, <laughs> she has a whole, like, apparently she's an inventor. Because she gives these kids these backpacks that have, like, entire, like, dis- like clothing racks in them. Well, that's, they're doing, like, that's their craft that they're yeah. presenting, yeah. But that, like, that is fucking, that is amazing if she invented that. <laughs> because she's not supposed to be someone who's very, like, who's very good with, like, you know, arts and crafts or the wilderness. Anything outside of, like, I mean, this is the stereotype, but anything outside of, like, shopping and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how she came up with this thing, but she does. And, you know, everyone laughs at them for not being, you know, not doing an actual wilderness type presentation. Right. But, uh, here comes the real meat of the movie because Velda is like, well, I'm just going to get Mary Gross to go undercover in, uh, in the troop. And she gives her, and this is where, this is another, like, she, she's a fucking psycho is that she gives her, like, a camera and cuts out a part of a book so she can have, like, a spy cam? It's, like, the, one of the worst wire spy cam setups ever. Yeah. It's also, every time, like, Mary Gross takes a picture, it's, like, the most obvious thing in the world. Because <laughs> she just points a book at them, like... It makes a very audible click. I feel like the point of a spy cam is so that it doesn't look like you're taking a picture. Mm. Or doing anything out of the ordinary. I don't know how many times uh, you've pointed a book at people and just, like, you know, pressed down on it, but... (laughs) It's not something I've done too much. But, uh, you know, the girls are pretty much, they're down on their luck. They're saying, look, we are losers. We don't have any patches. We're, you know, this what this movie calls... uh, uh, It's basically like badges. Like, what what do you call them in the scouts? Is it badges? Yeah, badges. Yeah. Um... I did write down something else here that I thought was weird. So there's a quick scene where Shelly uh, Long sees her husband with, like, a younger girl, like his new girlfriend. Well, it's Lisa, the realtor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and her daughter says, uh, he's taking her to the to the ball game. It's batting helmet day. She's not even under 14. And Shelly Long says, don't bet on it. <laughs> yeah, right? And I said, gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because... This is where they're making, yeah, they're making all their different patches and badges. Yeah, so they're they're dancing to all these songs. Uh, this is this is the most 1989 scene of the movie, I think, because <laughs> uh, Shelly's doing the mashed potato and the Freddy, the Freddy. She's doing the uh, she's she's doing all the all those dances that you know and love. We also have like a CPR training thing. Yes. Where an officer arrives and says, uh, like a, a stud of an officer arrives and says, okay, who wants to volunteer? And all the girls are like, me. But thankfully he takes an adult woman. <laughs> and then they just make out in front of the kids. Yep. <laughs> she even says, the last time I did this, I got more than a patch for it. Well, yeah, because he told her to, uh, was it lay down and open her mouth? Right. I mean, it's no ladybugs, but <laughs> there are parts that are odd. 
They also do what? Uh, there's a crossbow practice. Yeah, and this is your favorite scene where they go to the uh, home for the elderly. Yes. And what <laughs> magazines? What magazines? Pray tell, Nathan. Do they give an elderly man a penthouse? Yeah. Oh, but he takes it away, and they don't. They don't see it, right? No, 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 no. He takes it, starts looking at it right in front of them, and they're like, "Oh my! Oh my God!" The the girls themselves is like, "You had the magazine in your possession." You had no idea what was inside of it? <laughs> what I want to know is, why did Shelley Long think it was okay to give them that magazine? <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe she should be fired. Uh. I, I doubted it. I doubted myself a few times. I'm like, is she actually the villain? <laughs> so, they're, not only are they sharing uh, pornography with the elderly, <laughs> uh, they're also uh, doing like, I don't know, the the 50s dances and stuff that they were doing earlier, they're doing that again, uh, but with the older folks, so they can kind of, I don't know, relive some of their youth. And Yes, the older folks' youth when they were doing the Freddy. <laughs> right. But there's a, there's a scene where one of the uh, one of the elderly folks' wheelchair starts to slip away and, and roll down the hill, and Shelly Long goes to grab it and stop the person from rolling away, and she takes out a badminton net. There are a lot. There were a few things in this movie where uh, I feel like it was a situation where you know you want to reshoot that your fellow walked into the door there. Nah, it's fine. It's more realistic that way. Let's keep moving on. Was Ed Wood directing this? <laughs> exactly, right? Because <laughs> um, we have to go to court next. <laughs> yes, she takes her entire troop to her divorce hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Advises them never to go to <laughs> Reno. Well, yeah, because what happens there stays there. No, it's because it's so easy to get a divorce, and the, the property sharing laws are are not that fair to the ex-wife. Apparently, I don't know. I do like how when she tells them to never go to Reno, the they, there's like a, a reaction from everyone at the same time. That's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. <laughs> if they know what she's talking about. But yeah, the judge the judge is basically like they want an earlier court date because coach wants to remarry with another woman right bum 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 which is weird because we're not given the any sort of sense of how long that him and lisa have been seeing each other so for him to be talking about remarriage at this point seems a little premature yeah and and like she has like arguably four lines Mm. (laughs) like so yeah that relationship's not really fleshed out at all I got a pretty solid pratfall later but yeah she re- pulls a real natalie wood yeah <laughs> wow it's okay Striking to say while the iron's hot eh it's okay to say that now right yeah he's a real robert wagner oh <laughs> hey hot take there Not you really. go it's probably true guys come on yeah <laughs> shelly long is quite dejected by this and one of the girls lets her know that uh, it's just a phase. Uh, it's part of his midlife crisis. Her dad's been having a midlife crisis now for about 11 years. Yeah. Uh, that's the girl who's into psychology who was on the forerunner to Save by the Bell. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Okay, this was a TV movie. Right? Right. <laughs> it's decided. I don't care if it went to theaters. <laughs> Nathan and I have decreed. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, it, that's that's not the, the daughter of the dictator, right? 
No, it's not. No, M- Mr. Dictator, or is it just Dick? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh But yeah, and this is the point where uh, Shelley Long decides to uh, dress like a Native American, like really lean into this uh, den mother thing talking about how uh, the natives were responsible for the resurgence of turquoise jewelry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <sighs> so, she, yeah, she's, like, talking about this patch ceremony. We get a little moment here. Get a few moments with the kids. I mean, we'll just... I just want to kind of glaze over. There's a few moments with the kids here. Where there's one with Emily where she's upset because her dad is an unemployed actor and she doesn't really have money to pay for stuff. Well, for the dues, because when you're in, like, Scouts, you have to pay... Uh, like a weekly dues uh, that goes towards the 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 troop or the den or the whatever the name of the gathering is for the scout uh, group that they're part of and it pays for things uh, like the activities and stuff that you do. However, I take a bit of issue with the amount of dues that these kids were paying uh, for Girl Scouts. Ten dollars? Okay, my... Youngest daughter uh, was in Cubs a couple of years back, and her weekly dues uh, was like two bucks, a buck fifty or something like that. Is this ten dollars? Wait, this ten dollars is like weekly. Well, even if it's monthly, that still seems high for nineteen eighty nine. Well, monthly, that's not you know unrealistic now. But I think $10 a month um, just for dues on top of all the other stuff. Because, I mean, in order to become you know part of Cubs or Scouts or Girl Guides or whatever, you do have to sign up and you have to pay uh, because that covers the insurance for the troop. And, um, of course, other, other things like... Uh, activities and stuff that they're going to do throughout the year well yeah they gotta they all gotta uh, split the room fee at the beverly hills hotel too <laughs> right so ten dollars in 1989 would be about twenty dollars today right so if that's a week that's a lot <laughs> that is yes um i guess i mean i guess it's like beverly hills everything's kind of more expensive but well, that's, still you know that's where you want to be living in beverly hills <laughs> yep that song that i've never heard <laughs> Nathan was perplexed by before we went on the air. How do you not know Beverly Hills by Weezer? I, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, Moving so on. The, the, the whole thing with the dudes. Yeah, so basically what I was just trying to say is that, that that's that's resolved pretty quickly. Like, she's like, oh, here's here's some money. You're fine. Well, no, because we, we get one of the fantastic uh, lessons in this movie where, you know what? Money's good. But friends are better. Yeah, but now here's especially some money. friends with money. Yep, it's a real wholesome lesson. Yep. And then the other thing, uh, the other thing is the child played by um, uh, CG. Yes, is uh, her parents basically Chica. go to what? Well, <laughs> Chica, Chica, yeah. Her Chica. parents go to Monte Carlo, basically forget all about her. Uh, so on her birthday, so they just give her a cake and everything's fine. Hmm. <laughs> But let's talk about the patch ceremony. So this is where they get their patches. All goes well until, you know, the Natalie Wood moment. But no, the the dictator's daughter gets an <laughs> yes. international affairs patch For... by teaching the girls how to quell an uprising and 
uh, dispatch with revolutionaries. And launder money. Right. Uh, you know, that joke, that joke, Nathan, that joke's for the kids. I, the, I think the patch jokes were one of the absurd moments that actually got a legitimate laugh out of me. Just because of how absurd they were. I just think it's so crazy that they made her parents basically Mar- the Mar- like Marcos. Like, for yeah. Dan Marcos. That's <laughs> such an insane <laughs> reference. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I guess he would have been known by the general public, but I don't know if he would have been known by the target audience for this movie. <laughs> it was... They were kind of at the forefront of pop culture at the time. I mean, even I... Uh, as like an 11 and 12 year old knew maybe not necessarily who Ferdinand Marcos was, but I definitely knew who Imelda Marcos was because of all the shoe jokes that I heard on like a billion sitcoms. (laughs) Thanks Dennis Miller. Right. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, they all get their patches. We already mentioned, uh, Coach's new girlfriend falls off the boat. It's hilarious because she could have died. Right? She's like, I'm drowning. I need a lifesaver. And she's like, "Mm, cherry or grape? (laughs) Classic. Which is funny because later, Shelley Long, later on in the movie, spoiler alert, Shelley Long falls in a shallow pool and is freaking out about how she's drowning. Oh, yes, but then she regains her composure. Right, but I'm just saying she's... She makes fun of her, but then mm. it happens to her, and it's like... Uh, it doesn't even happen to her, and it's like just as big of a deal. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, Velda has all this evidence from uh, Mary Gross about, you know, her less-than-stellar uh, qualities as a scout leader. Right. But the elderly leader is like, yeah, she's fine, she's doing great, the troop is happy, the kids are doing stuff. She's clearly spending time with them, and they're happy, which is the whole idea at the core of an organization like this. Yeah. I mean, the drinking photo, I think I might have fired her for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little wine in a stew, it's not uh, like hobo- she's... Hobo you know, stew? Yeah, it was, it was hobo stew. Gotta have wine to hobo stew. Yeah, what you goes, do. What goes better with hobos than wine is what she says in the film. Right. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's 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 the late 80s. We were allowed to be insensitive <laughs> to the homeless and minorities, okay? <laughs> it was it was legal then. It was perfectly legal then, yeah. It was only frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, and even frowned, like, slightly frowned. I got, maybe grimaced upon. Uh, we gotta have the, we gotta talk about the meeting Velda has to distribute cookies to everyone. Well, no, we have to put down here that, that Velda has to step up her assault or reconnaissance on Diane by making, uh, her assistant move in with her. Yes. Which you can tell, you know, they're doing this very obvious thing where Mary Gross is starting to feel sympathy for, uh, Shelley Long. And if you didn't get that right away, while she's moving in uh, with uh, Shelley Long, uh, Chica, we all know who that is, yeah. shows up and she's all tore up because her parents left her alone on her birthday. Well, yeah, that's, and, the, that's the moment with the cake or whatever. Yeah, so she can, and now, you know, uh, they can see, oh, she actually does care for these girls. You know, she's comforting one of her one of the girls on her birthday when she's alone. So clearly, she's doing 
what she's supposed to do, even though it's a little more unconventional compared to what, you know, you would normally do in a Girl Scout type troop. Right. Then comes Cookie Day. Yeah, Cookie Day. So uh, there's this troop called the Red Feathers because mm-hmm. they wear red feathers. It's very, it's very, uh, I just, I feel like I had to explain it. They should have been called uh, the Pink Starfish because they were assholes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Velda, we didn't even say this, but her daughter is in the troop. And it even, there's a point where she says, don't call me, uh, don't call me mom. Yeah. Easy on the mom stuff. And she's like, sorry, Miss Plender. Yeah, she's a psycho. A psycho. Did she kill her husband? Possibly. Do you think that's what happened? I feel like that's what happened. The, um, this is where she has all their badges revoked. Yeah. Oh, but what does, what does Rosa the maid say, Nathan? (laughs) Well, she says, we don't need no stinking badges. Patches, though. Patches, yes. Yeah, she changes the line so that it's a reference. Right. <laughs> Clever. And and they try to sell cookies to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is cheap as hell. He won't buy more than four boxes. Right? <laughs> we should say, too, that Shelley Long requested 2,000 boxes of cookies. Yes. So, yeah, there's that. But yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is like, I already bought them from your friends. And we find out that the Red Feathers have been infiltrating their cookie-selling territory. Because it's a gang war, yo. Oh, man. Imagine if this just ended in, like, a full-on, like, vicious, bloody fight. Or at the very least, a, an Anchorman-type fight. Yeah, that really escalated quickly. I mean, that, <laughs> that really got out of hand. really got out of hand. Emily killed a man! <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So, yeah, they're moving it on their turf. So, you know what? Phyllis gets an idea. Shelley Long gets an idea. And it involves a little stage song and dance number that sounds a little bit like this. God. Not since the Garbage Pail Kids movie have I been less enthused by a musical number. It's cookie time, cookie time, across the USA. Cookie time, cookie time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. Let's throw that one in there, too. (laughs) She's got a full Tina Turner wig on and everything. Yep, that's the girl that's the... uh, I I will say, at least, at the very least, Nathan, they Mm. picked, like, the African-American child to do the Tina Turner Right, sponsors that they yep. could have been done, they could have been much worse. <laughs> Let's get the redheaded ginger. Throw a Tina Turner wig on her. Yep. Uh, so they do this. Uh, they bring in some. We got we got a cameo train here mm-hmm. because we get Robin Leach, and I don't know why. Oh, before that, before they're doing the that because that's the 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 fashion show. Yes. Uh, they're at one point when the girls are really stepping up their uh, selling after they have the Tina Turner cookie time, cookie time across the, the USA. USA. Yeah. Uh, their cigars, cigarettes, 
cookies. <laughs> right? Oh, they're cigarette girls now. They're selling cigarettes. Uh-huh. They're 14. And uh, they set up shop at a book signing for Claire's mom, uh, where you can have your book uh, autographed by the author, Claire, and you can have your Girl Guide cookie, or Adventure Girl cookies, autographed uh, from this child actor who is not Margot from Punky Brewster. <laughs> you can have your autograph and your cookies, too. Mm-hmm. They also set up their cookie-selling uh, table outside an aerobic studio, too, just to be assholes. That is a horrible part. Right? <laughs> I was like, that is awful. The meanest thing. <laughs> the meanest thing. All these people, like, stopping to work out, they're like, you know what? I could just eat cookies instead. That is exploitation at the <laughs> highest level. <laughs> but, yeah. Then, so that, yeah, Now the, fa- the, fashion the fashion show, show. with... Robin uh, Leach. Robin Leach, Dr. Joyce Brothers. Pia Zadora. Piazadora. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, so, and it turns out, you know, they've sold over double the amount of cookies that they were supposed to, making Velda very upset. So they have a giant party to get mm-hmm. to present the check. Mm-hmm. Velda shows up. What? A, this is my favorite cameo, Nathan. Cheech Marin? Yep. <laughs> Love it. So <laughs> random. Mary Gross shows up. Mary Gross shows up uh, all, all decked out. And, Looking uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, very gross, attractive lady. And Diane introduces her to Cheech Marin as himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is Wait. immediately like, what does he say when he sees her? He's just like, boy, oy, oy, oy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was as base as that, but it was definitely... He definitely you know. <laughs> just says, he pretty much makes, some, makes a boner reference. Yep. <laughs> Which, you know, if you want to charm the ladies, that's how you start it off. Yes. Or, hello, I'm Ted McKinley. (laughs) Yeah, I was on the love boat. (laughs) As soon as he said, I was on the love boat for a while, I was like, what? And I, like, looked up, up, I was like, oh, that guy. (laughs) So there, yeah, a couple more cameos in this scene. It's a giant party. Uh, Basics of this is... uh, she thinks that Coach wants to, you know, or, sorry, Shelly Long thinks that Coach wants to get back together, but really he's just saying, well, when we when the divorce is finalized, I want to, uh, I want joint custody of our daughter. Yeah. She's very upset by that. Yes. Uh, she also dances with uh, Ferdinand Marcos, and we find out his name is Bong Bong. Bong Bong, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, well, that is a funny joke, uh, that is, le- like, the Philippines is legitimately where that word came from. Oh, okay. Like, as a smoking device, yeah. Ah. Yeah. So it's not just, like, a racial epithet? No, it's not. It's it's legitimately, like, a, a word or a name from there. Uh, so, yeah, this is just a giant party. Uh, we already said Shelly Long falls into the water, because she... Or into the pool, because she gets all upset about him wanting... Uh, him want, not wanting to get back together. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Velda shows up and gets her check. Not a whole lot else happens at this. No, we, uh, the next thing we get is, you know, seeing life apart for uh, the daughter. Um, she's, like, at her dad's s- s- sad divorcee uh, apartment playing you know, Nintendo baseball and eating pizza. You know what? This part kind of works for me. It's... I suppose it's one of the few moments in the movie where... 
not everything is ridiculously extreme with its uh, comedic take on things. Yeah, like, I just, I think the moments between, like, Coach and uh, his daughter are yeah. actually fairly, they feel fairly genuine. Yeah. Like, he's a solid actor, so, I mean, he's able to take, I mean, they're both solid actors. Like, him and Shelley Long are fine, so they're able to take, like, kind of dumb stuff and make it work to a point. Mm. But, yeah, just, like, him in the t-shirt and, like, tr- trying to be a dad. Like, I don't know, that just kind of, like, it worked. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just my own bias about my, my real father. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, Nathan, I just, oh, here we go. Here come the waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> and that day, Brendan had a psychological breakthrough. Thanks to Troop Beverly Hills. It saved my life. <laughs> Ooh, Diane from Cheers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> But, uh, however, Diane from Cheers is not doing quite as well. No, she's watching home videos. Yep, and what? And she's drinking. What is she drinking? A lot of... Avion water. Which, judging by the number of bottles, empty bottles that are all around the floor, I think she would be fucking dead. Well, she would at the very least be legitimately water drunk. Yeah. Which is a thing. So. Well, and also, I think it's possible just to drink too much and fucking burst yes. right yeah well provided like you if you're not peeing well yeah i feel like she's she's just laying there yeah i uh, did notice that um craig t nelson's character was wearing the same shirt in the uh, home video that he was wearing uh in the apartment uh just in the last scene uh, <laughs> oh so they shot it the same day yep. and didn't think that maybe we should put a different shirt on right <laughs> genius um yeah so we have this whole moment of her like she's oh, yeah. like oh this is where she we find out she's apparently super best friends with claire's mom well we saw them briefly at the beginning when but, she was but talking yeah but that's it like there's there's nothing to really show that they're super super close but this scene kind of leads us to believe that, you know, that they're thick as thieves. Because, I mean, she shows up at Shelley Long's house. She doesn't knock to come in. She just comes in. And then she's like, I'm, I'm going to help you because we're friends, essentially. And I don't get that feeling from their relationship from earlier in the movie. No, it's I feel like stuff was cut. I mean, this movie is like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. Is it really? Which, yeah, it really is. Goodness. It, it, yeah. Honestly, it was uh, so much better than Postal that I didn't even notice the time passing by. That happens when you watch a film that is actually uh, somewhat legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least doesn't offend every fiber of your being. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a few groups of people, not everyone. <laughs> right. And especially not me. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, yeah it's 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 a movie where the director was wasn't like who can I piss off? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she has this emo- moments here where she's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm no good. I'm gonna quit. The kids are like, you can't quit. We've gotten this far. We got to do the jamboree. We're all building. We're building up to this big jamboree. Yeah. By the way, and uh, you know. She's like, no, I can't, I can't. And then even Coach shows up with thought with his daughter, with her daughter, and says, no, you got to do it, you got to do it. 
So they do show up at the last second playing a song that I thought sounded like a bootleg of Don't You Forget About Me. Mm. Did you catch that at all? Like I didn't know. Well, they're doing the jamboree and Velda's about to shoot a gun into the air. It's a starter's pistol. Well, we, it's supposed to be a starter's pistol. It is not because she kills a bird. She kills a bird. Which, yeah. that got a legitimate laugh out of me. <laughs> I did I, not did not see that coming. I chuckled, but I also said, yep, she is a straight up psychopath. <laughs> she has a real gun. I just, bang, rah, just yep. falls through the frame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the wilderness, uh, the troop Beverly Hills shows up at the last second. Yes, and, but, and this is where we find out that uh, old Velda's attitude contravenes uh, the wilderness girl's pledge to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Because she does not, she does not play fair during all of this. No, she is quite mean to everybody. She threatens to fire um, uh, her assistant. She you, does. She fired. Okay, it's a volunteer organization. Yeah, nobody's getting paid. Do you? Can you? Can you fire volunteers? I don't think Velda can fire anyone. Right. Because yeah. there's clearly a lady who is above her, mm-hmm. because that's, I mean, that's the thing that's driving Velda crazy, is because she's not the ruler of the roost. She can't just unceremoniously uh, get rid of Troop Beverly Hills. She has to... Oh, uh, he said it! He said it! What? You said the title! You said the title! Yes. Okay, that's I got excited. The, okay. Calm down, Mariah. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, because she can't just, like, unceremoniously get rid of them, uh, it's driving her crazy. So, I don't feel that she has the hiring and firing power uh, to do that. Also, it's a volunteer organization. Right. I don't think... The only way I think you get fired from a volunteer organization is by committing some sort of criminal act, either uh, uh, known to them or against said organization. Yeah, if you get caught and you're like a pedophile or something. Or, you know, embezzling money. We don't have to go with that dark. Or a pedophile embezzling money, too. The worst. (laughs) The worst kind of pedophile. (laughs) One that also embezzles money. It's a double whammy, that's what we call it. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a flaw in this movie. For just sure. one, just one, just that one. That was that one, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah. So this, I think, this is basically just to set up. You know, it forces kind of Diane from Cheers to do this on her own without her assistant, because because Mary Gross kind of knows all about the wilderness stuff, right? Yeah. So it it causes her to kind of uh, think on her feet. Mm-hmm. However, some of the girls know what they're doing, so it doesn't quite work that way. But whatever. They use their so, tennis racket as a machete. Yep, they're going to the uh, they go into the into the woods, <laughs> and you know we get a moment here with a snake, a water moccasin, a water moccasin. They uh, run away in fear, mm-hmm. and then they see a skunk, and they run even faster. Yep. And because of their fear of the, of said skunk, they actually uh, set a new record for halfway through the jamboree, and. Also, had the red feathers not cheated and turned one of the flags uh, into another direction, which they thought was going to uh, waylay our 
hero troop. Uh, that's what sent them into the arms of the water moccasin and the skunk, thus yeah, making them go a little faster and, and beat them on the first leg of the Jamboree. Right. Which I yes. thought... I thought it was kind of weird because usually you want to have the heroes like kind of come up from behind with their win and to have them like already be ahead halfway through was kind of a weird choice. Well, I think they had to do that because, you know, that's what pushes Velda to really crank up the cheating. I, yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. It also, I think Betty Thomas really wanted to kill the skunk. Really, really wanted to kill the skunk and wear it as a hat. <laughs> right? I don't think that would make the best hat. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, Velda, uh, in her in utter insanity, decides that the skunk... <laughs> that like, she picks up by the tail and doesn't get a face full of musk. Right? And she's like, I'm gonna deal with you. Cut to wearing the skunk as a hat. Mm-hmm. She's basically like a smelly Davy Crockett. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so, th so this is the, uh, so the second day of the, of the Jamboree, Velda is like, I'm gonna replace the head of the Red Feathers, or I'm gonna just, you know, take out that troop leader, she's gonna pretend to be sick so I can cheat and help the Red Feathers win. They cut a rope bridge. Yeah, I'll so say this, though, because when they start the second day, she fires the starter pistol again, and they don't redo, like, the bird joke. Yeah. So I was like, kudos to them for knowing, you know... Less is more in this situation. <laughs> but then, yeah, she's actively trying to kill these kids. Oh, yeah. Like, straight up, like, she knows they would die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she cuts this rope bridge so that the Troop Beverly Hills are stuck. But, you know, they find a log and they and work together. Realistically, I mean, watching, when I was watching this, the ravine that they're talking about, mm -hmm. I don't feel it would have been impossible for them to traverse it. It's not like there was a raging river flowing through it. If they had slowly crawled down on one side, crawled back up on the other side, they'd be on the other side, and there would not have been any real danger to them whatsoever. Can we also say how... I get what the movie is trying to say because, you know, Shelley Long sees the log as the only way across and says, okay, no, you girls aren't doing this, I'm gonna do it. It's kind of brave, but it's also kind of stupid. Because, like, what if she fell and died? Or or fell and got stuck, and then the girls are even more screwed. And uh, But again, I, I feel that uh, if that were to happen, that the girls would go, Oh, look, we could probably crawl down this side of the ravine and up the other side of the ravine. Hey, let's do that. <laughs> yep. Nope, but they have to follow the script, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they do manage to make their way across the log because Diane from Cheers and her daughter have, like, a bonding moment. Oh. Because remember... Yeah, that's the be worst. Because remember, she was on the... Her daughter was on the balance beam in one scene for, like, a minute <laughs> to establish that she's a that gymnast. she's in gymnastics, yeah. But that was it. Like, there was no other references to How it. Is, I, get, I get this. Like, if she's walking across this log bridge how, how does she not see the hole that she gets her foot stuck in uh i don't know right <laughs> i'm sure there's a logical reason mm. just kidding. um uh and then um we cut to the red feathers yep. uh the going trying to get win 
going in a shortcut, and one of them's like, oh, this is supposed to be Hunter's territory, we shouldn't be here, it's what it says it's not safe on the map. And Velda's like, it's fine, and then she falls in a cougar trap. I thought she just, uh, that, okay, that, that wasn't clear when I saw it, I just thought she, like, tripped on something. No, no, she falls in a hole. Uh, but I just thought it'd be fun to call it a cougar trap. Oh, I thought, lady. You, I thought you were being serious. No. I was like, there was, it actually was a cougar trap? No. It <laughs> yes. trapped a cougar, though, so. She is a cougar. Wait, yeah. is she that? I guess she was in, like, in her 40s or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so the Red Feathers are basically like, well, eh, fuck you, we're gonna go win the Jamboree. <laughs> they don't right? help her up. And she calls them, she calls them a bunch of bitches. Yes. <laughs> they say she's dead weight, and then she says they're bitches. I'm like, yikes. Just right? Yikes. Wow. Your right. daughter. Your daughter is in that troop. Yep. She's like, I carried you in my womb. She, Bitch. She, yeah. There's, at least, there's definitely at least some sort of personality disorder going on there. There's something happening with that woman. <laughs> so, yeah, the Red Feathers seemingly win, mm-hmm. but... The elderly, elder, the kindly elderly leader, and I'm I'm calling her that by the way because I'm pretty sure before, that's what she's credited as. Before that happens, no name. We get this fantastic part where uh, the girls from Beverly Hills find uh, Velda, and they're making oh. decisions to whether or not they should bring her, mm-hmm. or if they should leave her uh, to be tormented by um, wilderness or toyed with by mountain men lonely mountain men (laughs) they basically are like should we leave her to get eaten or raped or should we save her (laughs) directed Uh, uh, disney channel folks disney channel (laughs) disney channel uh (laughs) yeah but as they decide as they make their decision that's when the red feathers arrive and and, like everybody thinks they win the jamboree however however the elderly leader's like no your troop leader's not here but they decide to steal the trophy anyway and run away. Oh, yeah. The, Velda's kid is the shittiest winner. I mean, probably not helped by who her mom is. Probably not. I mean, I kind of I kind of feel bad for her. <laughs> Did you know, too, that her friend, uh, the one that's always hanging out with her, is a future Academy Award watcher, Tori Spelling? I did see that Tori Spelling was in this thing. Yep. I did not realize, like, I, I was like, she, she was one of the Red Feathers. I saw that, and I was like, eh, like, everybody is in this movie. Oh, wait, that's another TV actress. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, Tori Spelling is, like, the one at the at the meeting that says, like, you're not even wilderness girls or whatever she says, and everyone laughs. Yeah. Or you're from Mars. No worse. Beverly Hills. That's the one. <laughs> Because remember, Republican humor. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. So they they get Velda out of there. Uh, They bring her to the finish line. And the the leader decides, well, the other team is disqualified. Troop Beverly Hills wins the Jamboree. Woo! Yay! And Dad made it for the victory and everything. And they make out in front of everyone. Woo! (laughs) Because they're getting back together. Yay! And now Velda works at Kmart. Woo! Velda gets fired and has the craziest breakdown ever. Oh, you <laughs> on, and you you know, yeah, because 
she's like, you're out of here. Cause the, the old lady who seems to be the one who actually can fire people from a volunteer organization, uh, tells her to take, take a hike. Eh? Hey. Take a hike? Yeah, uh, like a camping? Cause like when you're yeah. camping, they will uh, yeah. <laughs> And scene. I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to start my own, and it's going to be like... Velda's... The something? All I could think of was like vagina, and I know it, was it wasn't that. It was her last name, and it was like Pioneers. Oh, Plendor, Plendor's, uh, Plendor's Pilgrims, I think yeah. it was. Something like that. Yeah. Not, not, a sure it wasn't Velda's vaginas. It was not. Okay. Just wondering. Because they did say bitches and sluts, so it wouldn't surprise me. And so, you know, uh, Shelly Long is there, uh, making out with Craig T. Nelson, yep. uh, wearing her den mother outfit, which you know she totally wore in the sack later, because that's yeah. the way board have, you know, parents get down. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, he they likes like it. like it. And they say this weird thing. They're like, "Oh, we can get married again." You were never divorced. (laughs) Yeah, the final it was never finalized. Right. They just went. They went to court, but that was it. Did you notice when the the credits were rolling or showing that they were flipped? No. Well, like normally when you um when you see the the credits uh in a movie. Doesn't it normally go, um, up like the character name and then who they played? Uh, like the the character name on the left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, yeah. Was it the opposite? Yes. Mm, I haven't movie. flipped. It's just it was weird because I'm watching the credits and I'm like, and, and I, it took like just a half a second for me to click to be like, oh. If they're inverted. They should be on like switched to what I'm normally used to seeing. The ending credits took place in the mirror universe. Right. So Kiefer Sutherland shows up at the end. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I mean, Kiefer was just in his like Lost Boys makeup and stuff. <laughs> but wait, I thought this was a Mirrors reference. Yeah, but I was in Lost Boys too. Well, Kiefer Sutherland also owns a DeLorean, so yeah. <laughs> So, question for you, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Troop Beverly Hills. Yes. Should people watch this? Uh, if they're told if you're, you're, you have to watch Postal. If you don't, then <laughs> watch it. Watch yeah. it. Watch it. Watch it. Um. It, okay. So, I wouldn't recommend it to be like you got to go out and see this movie, right? Yeah. But if you've got, you know, <laughs> if you want to show your you know, 13 or 14 year old, what it was like to be a 13 or 14 year old in the eighties. Uh, and they're in like girl scouts or something. It it might be a fun thing to, to watch. It's, it's not something I I think I'm kind of middle about it. Like, I'm not going to recommend it for people to go see it. Uh, but if someone was like, Oh, have you ever seen this movie? I'd be like, Oh yeah, I saw it. It's, uh, it's pretty formulaic, but it's, it's got some funny bits. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm basically on the same plane here, I think. I think it's a lot better to me just by comparison alone from the last episode. Yes. But, yeah, it's it's kind of, it is what it is. It's super cliche and, like, it, it, nothing will surprise you. Um, I do want to play this quick clip, though. This is not from the movie, but this is an interview with, 
okay, they're out of the room, right? They're in the broom closet. Can you put the lock on the door for just a second? Yep, just give me a second. Oh, okay. Done. Okay, perfect. This is a clip of, uh, you know, Carlo Gugino. Yeah. Uh, on... Let us out! <laughs> You're talking about Gugino! Let us out! Yeah, you listen to it when you download the podcast. Give us a couple of listens and download, you jerks. Yeah, you cheapskates. Even though it's free. Uh, but this is uh, her getting interviewed on James Corden because uh, he brings up this movie and she talked about uh, how she got, the, or she talked about getting the part. And I just thought it was kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You're like three feet higher than everybody else in the film, but you're all meant well, to be the same which, age, right? Which will never, ever happen again in, in, the, in my life because <laughs> basically this is the only time I ever lied about my age to get a job. Um, oh, really? I probably should have saved it for now when it would be really helpful to me. <laughs> but before IMDb, you could yeah. lie about your age. Sure. And um, I was fully rewarded for it because I was 16 and I said I was 14 to get the job. And, uh, and I got it. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm three years older than everybody else right. in the picture. That's why. Um, Such but, a classic. But basically, I told the director like three weeks in, once I knew I couldn't get fired because we'd shot enough, yeah, yeah. I was like, just so you know, I am 16. I thought for sure he was going to be like, oh, no big deal. He was like, oh, I would have never hired you if I knew you were 16. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I just think that's crazy. The director's like, what? Oh, you what? Like, she... I mean, yes, she is definitely taller than everyone, and she did look a little bit older, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that much of a big deal. <laughs> no, but it when you, I've I saw that clip too. Yeah, and it was kind of funny to see it because I didn't. It wasn't as noticeable, at least not to me, anyways. I always I just took it as oh, okay, she was just. You know, she's just a kid who's tall for her age, and she's into, like, equestrian, so she's probably, like, wearing boots and things like that. That, that too, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then when you see that picture from that clip, and you're like, wow, she really is, like, a good foot and a half taller than anybody else in the troop. Also, isn't she wonderful? Yes. She's she's so wonderful. Yeah. So, uh... She'd never say terrible things about a fictitious Middle Eastern... Or not... Sorry. She'd never say... terrible things about a fictitious eastern european country there you go <laughs> never no never. it was clearly no. an imposter no it was clearly an imposter with a huge penis <laughs> that being said on that note we're gonna take a brief commercial break mm. we will be right back what were they thinking is brought to you by hostgator hostgator is a leading provider of shared reseller vps and dedicated hosting solutions award-winning support is available 24 7 365 days a year via phone email and live chat discover why over 9 million websites trust hostgator use the coupon code schluck for 25 percent off your first purchase that's schluck s-c-h-l-o-c-k for 25 percent off your first purchase what Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. We are back. Yes, we are. Uh, we're ringing the bell. We're rocking on the mic while the fly girls yell. And it's yeah. in the back of me. That's my GTT shade cutting all then easy. That was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thanks. But now... <laughs> but now, Nathan? Uh, yes, Brandon? It's time for the low haiku. Bing, 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 bing. 
So yeah, this is the segment where we describe our move this movie and our feelings on this movie using seventeen syllables. Mm. It's a um, it's a delightful time. Uh, I know I rem- I do remember starting last time. So okay. would you like to begin? Sure. <clears throat> I'll just let you finish that uh, caramel apple that you're eating. Ah, Gauss, it's nice that you were able to stop by. No, I do feel that way, too. It's a valid socioeconomic point. Mm-hmm. Okay, he left. <laughs> okay. Shelly Long, Den Mom. That uniform. Fabulous! Craig T. Can do better. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Here's my low haiku. Went from cheers to this. Bad move, Shelley Long. It's still better than Postal. Thank you. Thank you. A, um, a truthful <laughs> statement all around. Yeah. I only haiku facts. Mm. We're out. We are back. We're back. Nathan. Yes, Brandon. We talked about this movie. We kind of kind of made our peace, stated our opinions. But what do we always say? Well, we say... Don't take a word for us. Yeah, this uh, this flick has an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. Uh, that's pretty low. I mean, it's got a sixty-one percent with audiences. I think you mean it's got a sixty-one percent nostalgia rating. Possibly. <laughs> I feel like that's a or lot. It could it. just be like you know. Uh, Girl Scout troops still having to watch this at sleepovers. They're all Shelley Long fake accounts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so th- I mean, uh, this first one here is actually from Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. So he says uh, he he didn't care for it. He says instead of being a merciless evisceration of the lifestyles of the rich, it's a little morality play in which Long transforms herself into a warm and useful person. Nobody within a mile of this project seems to have possessed an ounce of irony. <laughs> uh, Rita Kempley from the Washington Post says it nice and short here. Dreadful as their performances are, the actors are the victims. <laughs> uh, Alex San- Sandel Sandel from Juicy Cerebellum, which is a wonderful name, says she left cheers for this. <laughs> well, Common Sense Media's Renee Schoenfeld says stereotypes silliness reign in an uneven parody of rich girls. That's actually pretty spot on. Yeah. Uh, my I guess uh, the, my last critics one that I'll read. Is from Frank Ocheng from okay. Movie Eye. Mm-hmm. And he says, Troop Beverly Hills is a fizzled farce, lightweight and inconsequential to boot. Clearly, it's about as comically crunchy as a box of smashed Girl Scout cookies. 
Boy, you are a clever boy. <laughs> what a clever little review. Well, let's 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 get into the real reason why we come to these now. <laughs> audience reviews. The audience reviews. Andrew A reviewed this as recently as December 1st of this past year. So, a little over a month ago he wrote this. American classic. Simple, sweet, and satisfying. Shelley Long has such an amazing screen presence in this movie. Such a sunny personality given to the role with great comedic timing. It's why it is so easy to remember the name Phyllis Neffler. <laughs> Four I stars. Argue, I would argue it is not easy to remember that name. <laughs> it's a great. That's a great comedy name, though. It is, but like certainly not one that is retained throughout history. I want Daffy Duck to say her name all the time. <laughs> Philf Neffler. Philf, yeah. Philf Neffler. Um, well, this one is pretty straightforward. This review uh, gives it five stars. <laughs> and they said, you all shut your face. This movie is awesome. <laughs> so I guess a lot of people don't like it and... They were not happy with that. Were, no. <laughs> uh, Stephanie C. says, The tomato meter is busted. The people who reviewed it were not the intended audience. I give it four stars for it being a fun, comedic romp full of nostalgia for me. <laughs> uh, people get so angry in these reviews. <laughs> that, okay, this one says, uh, this one is another five-star review. And they said, not gonna lie, this movie brings out the gay in me. I have always been a fan of this movie. <laughs> brings out the gay in me. Yep. I have always been a fan of this movie. And it's the only time in the history of the Disney Channel that I've witnessed where the words slut and boobs were not bleeped out. That that said, that said, I love the I love the Cookie Time song and the Kmart references. Betty Thomas is awesome! As well as Shelley Long. I don't care what everyone else thinks. It may be corny, but it's not, quote, a very special family corny. If you don't like this movie, please reconsider. <laughs> well, uh, Leafy J gave the film a five-star review, saying, Ooh. Yeah, I love Troop Beverly Hills. I ashamed to share it. Classic film. Still holds up. <laughs> Shelley Long's a goddess. <laughs> five stars. So angry! This, this one says, now I'm going to tell you the rating at the end of this, but this one says, old school classic. When a movie supplies the line patches, we don't need no stinking patches, you know it's an instant classic. Two and a half stars. <laughs> an instant classic instant is classic apparently... Two and a half stars. Yep, uh, 50%. It's an instant classic. It's harder to get a five star rating out of that person than... Dave Meltzer. Hey! <laughs> unless you're unless you're wrestling in Japan. Right. <laughs> um, uh. Let's see here. Oh, <laughs> this one's a little long. Area A. Uh, or Aria. I don't know. Nowhere near highbrow. This movie is pure 1989 cheese and not cheddar. <laughs> it's the stuff out of a can. So bad it's good and full of dated references that take me back to when I first watched this movie on something called a VHS tape. 
that I wore out, and then a second copy, when I was eight years old, with many scattered jokes that wouldn't pass in contemporary piece, but that's that makes one nostalgic for the days when everything under the sun wasn't taken so seriously. I'm so glad this movie is on Netflix. Well, at least it was in 2014, anyways. <laughs> so let's just back right up here. Eight. She saw this at eight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's... And I'm mm. going to say, yeah. 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 I know we've covered the topic before about movies that we've seen at wildly inappropriate ages, but I, I'm going to say I was like seven and eight when I was getting into like Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Stephen King like movies with Maximum Overdrive. And I was going to say, like I was going to say, you've seen far worse at younger though. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm standing up for her. I'm, I'm fully, I fully support showing kids things that's going to traumatize them. Movies. You should specify. Yes. Movies. That's, <laughs> Specifying that, yes. I'm not an embezzler. Oh, no! kind of embezzler. Call back! <laughs> this is my... Okay, I'll just read this last one. It's super quick. It's okay. a five-star review. It says, Good evening, Beverly Hills, and everyone! Love, Mona Lisa. <laughs> it, was, it was written by Mona Lisa. I got one here from Austin W. This is my last one. And I think he, he just... I think he just wanted to write this so we can make this dad joke. Okay. Campy fun. Uh. See, because they're wilderness girls. Beverly uh. Hills, what a thrill. Three and a half stars. Yikes. So there we go. <laughs> well, that was true Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And when those are the reviews yes. of the film. Right. 1989, Shelley mm-hmm. Long. But, Nathan. Yes, Brendan. In two weeks, mm-hmm. it's going to be a very special episode because we're actually going to have uh, one of our patrons as a guest. Yes. Erica is going to be our guest. She's at that tier uh, where she will be a guest on the show. And so with that being said, why don't you give us a little hintsky about what's coming up? Kid Rock and Lawrence Fishburne? How can we lose? And the answer is obviously we cannot. Right. So join us. See if you can figure that out. That's going to be in two weeks, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I don't usually talk about what we're going to do in the mini episodes, but next week we're going to talk about movies that are coming out uh, in 2019 and kind of what we uh, are looking yep. forward to and maybe not looking forward to. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to plug away. Where is Mr. Monkington? Oh, he's uh, right here. Just a okay. second. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Here. There. Yes, he's Okay. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Monkington Third here. And um, I, I just want to say hello to all the listeners out there and what were they thinking land. And if you, if you like uh, the sort of stuff that these two do, you're not going to find any of that sort of thing on my uh, YouTube channel. But it's still fun uh, to watch a puppet monkey talk about wrestling. Uh, so do feel free to stop over at Montrose Monkington TV on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook. Uh, you can be a friend of Montrose uh, at Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends, uh, as well as following me on Twitter at uh, Montrose the Third. That's the number three R uh, D. Uh, 
and you can uh, tweet along with me, uh, send me out uh, any sort of uh, good vibes, tell me that I'm great, tell me that uh, Brandon and Nathan are awful, uh, or whatever you'd like to do. Uh, check me out. Montrose Monkey in the Third. Thank you. More later. Thank you, Montrose. Mm-hmm. And as for us, you can find What Were They Thinking on all the social medias, on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook just by searching What Were They Thinking. You can find us on Redbubble. Just search What Were They Thinking. You can find us on Patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast if you want to toss us, as as Steve and Izzy would say, a few shekels. Although I don't know if it's okay to say shekels anymore. <laughs> but we'll just say shekels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know you get some uh, some cool things like like in two weeks we have a guest because of the Patreon right. so you can also uh, pick movies for us and all that good stuff so and you can also find our podcast you're obviously listening to it right now so you you know what it, what's up but you can also find us on Podbean uh, as our main our main home base site www.ttpodcast.podbean.com you can also find us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts Stitcher Spotify all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and I also have another podcast. <laughs> I always forget. I have another podcast called For Screen and Country, where we talk about the top 100 British films of all time. I like to think of it as the top 100 British films of the 20th century, since it was made, the list was made in 1999. Uh, so check that out on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean. And you can follow that at BFI underscore pod on Twitter. And we're on Facebook, too, so just search for it. Thank you. More later. Wait. Hey. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Montrose. That's fine. Uh, Don't sue me. It's actually uh, part of my New Year's resolution uh, to be less terrible towards you, too. Oh, that's so nice of you. I didn't say I was going to be nice, just less terrible. Oh, okay. Well, that's less mean of you. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm going for. As we come to the end of this episode here, uh-huh. do you have any questions? Well, I yeah, I guess. I mean, with a movie that starred so many TV folk and uh, was written by TV folk and, and felt... Like it would be at home uh, on a, you know, TV movie of the week. Um, And a movie that convinced Shelley Long that this sort of thing was a good idea. And in a movie where (sighs) the kids are dubiously treated sort of like adults. And. You know, they're randomly handing out pornography to the elderly. I I just have to ask, PG? What were they thinking? Hear the happy feet dancing to the beat of the Freddy.
like movies. Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a thing to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie up, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popping.com, all of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders, yeah. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> Come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. It's late, it's time. Let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-last plot, holes are gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy at eilfm.podbean.com.